Welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Hi, welcome back to Employee of the Month show. On this episode, I sat down with Adam Bush. He's currently starring on TBS's Men at Work, and he was also a villainous character on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Although we met when his band, Common Rotation, was touring, and now he's an instrumental part of the Employee of the Month's house band. Please enjoy my interview with Mr. Adam Bush. So you do like being in therapy? Yeah. Even though you didn't show up to it some of the times. It's the only thing that I, I've missed. I, I, I rarely miss an appointment or anything. But that, I, because I was blocking, I didn't want to go, I guess. Why did you start going so late? And the reason I ask that is because why did you start going so late? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, I followed the normal trajectory of most singer-songwriters from the 70s to the 90s. Which when is? I was a kid and I listened to, you know, a lot of the Billy Joel and the Bruce Springsteen and the Bob Dylan and the Elvis Costello and uh, even the Phil Collins. And you find that they all, all their first records, if you listen to them in order, are about how they are young and angry and they know everything and this is how it is. And they write all these amazing songs about this is how it is and this is how it is. And then as they get older and they make more and more records, they start to be about and then settle into nobody really knows anything. I don't really have any of the answers. Nobody knows. Let's just accept it the way it is. And it goes from what's so funny about peace, love and understanding. And I'm just an angry young man to nobody really knows anything. Let's just go to the beach. Do you think they get that way because of age, because of actually suffering for the first time, maybe the first or second life leaves, like... All that stuff. And I think, I mean, when you're young and you're an artist and you think you've got it figured it out, you think you've got it figured I, out. I never thought that way. I did. I thought I had all the answers. And now I realize I don't. And the things I was really set on and that got what me... What were those things? Just a set of, a clear set of right and wrong. Like, really judgmental. Yes. No, that I have. Okay. And I've learned to be a lot more accepting and a lot more understanding. And sometimes you don't have to accept the whole thing. Sometimes there's just a piece. Oh, I like that. Right. And that's enough to maybe love someone without sounding ridiculous. Right? I'm literally moving out to L.A. I have no job here. And this is not a pressure thing, but I was like, oh, I can do my show out here because Adam's going to be my band. You should reconsider. (laughs) Should I really? You should reconsider. It's a lot to put on the guy. <laughs> no, I, I would love to be the band in the Employee of the Month live show. I'm very, very excited. I'm all about that. You might. Can you come on some of the podcasts? Yeah. Okay, good. Yes, I say yes to you. Okay, good. That's what okay, I do. Okay, good. But I do feel like you might kick me out of your house at any minute. It could happen. Yeah. There is that, there is that element. It doesn't there. mean you won't be invited back. <laughs> it just means that we'll be done for now. It has a very sibling quality to it. Yeah. Or abusive, like just depending on how you look at it. Either way. You know what I mean? One in the same. One in the same. It could be one in the same. Do you ever feel inadequate? Daily. In comparison to your brother or in comparison to your own dreams of what you wanted for yourself? Both. Why not? Oh, but so just why not? Because some people don't feel that way. Like we were talking before about like how everyone feels inadequate. And I don't think that's true. I don't think James Cameron wakes up and feels inadequate. I don't think there's a day in his life that he feels inadequate. I don't think all families are dysfunctional. You know, everyone has their problems. I don't think you can, I think some people have fewer problems than other people. And I don't think other people see those problems and therefore they're not really feeling them. And therefore they don't struggle with it emotionally. 
I auditioned for James Cameron for the role that Joe David Moore did in Avatar. And it was a pretty intense audition process. What do you, like, what, what is that? You go, throw up just listening to there's it. a couple pre, before you meet James Cameron, there's a couple pre-interviews and then some pre-auditions and then they lock you in a room with a lawyer with Are a script serious? that has your name and big letters on every page and you read it in front of the lawyer so you know what's going on. And then you show up a week later to James's, uh, whatever it is, where he likes to work. I think they call them an office. Is and it an office? I don't know what it is. It's some kind of weird spaceship airport hangar thing. And you go in and he showed me the 3D process. And we talked about the script a little bit. And then he worked the camera. Like he put it on his shoulder and he had a broken leg at the time. And he worked the camera. And then there were two guys behind him working the lights. And the first thing he wanted to do was just talk while he filmed me. So I was talking to him while he filmed. And we were talking about the language that he was going to create. That, and part of the audition was doing the scenes in gibberish, like in scat. Make up your own language and just speak so he could know that you could talk. What is scat besides poop? Scat, like jazz, beep, oh, boop, okay, but like okay. Ella Fitzgerald. I've making a record I've back reduced the night. it to a Garfield joke and you were talking about something thoughtful for music, yes. Yeah. I'm more of a Heathcliff <laughs> kind of guy. Um, and we were talking, he, he was trying to get me to pronounce this word and I said, oh, that's like saxophone embouchure. And he put, stopped filming, put the camera down and looked at me like I had offended him. And he said, what did you just say? And I froze because I was frightened. I said, what? He said, that word, that word, what did you just say? What did you just say? And I said, like saxophone embouchure? Yeah, yeah, that. What's that last word? I said, embouchure. I said, embouchure, what the fuck is embouchure? And I said, it's how a saxophone player holds his mouth, or any woodwind player, really. And he kind of slowly put the camera back up and looked at me skeptically, like, why is this guy lying to me? And then I said a word he didn't know, and he was very, very upset by it. So don't tell me that James Cameron doesn't have his own issues with his oh, family and with his friends and with success <laughs> okay, and I, with I, what I, he's trying to achieve and that we all can't relate in some way to whatever pressure he's putting on himself no, for no, no. not knowing that word. Okay. No, I, and I don't know James Cameron personally. And I, I and that's the extent of my relationship with him. Okay. I don't know him personally, so I didn't. I was using him as an example to say that I just meant that I don't believe that everyone has angst. I think that there are people who lead genuinely happy lives. I have a friend who like just always sees the positive. After 9-11 and I, my office was blown up in one of the towers. Like after 9-11, she's like, you know what? I think we all learned some valuable things. Like she genuinely believes this and she feels this way. And it is true that we also learned some genuinely wonderful things. And it's also true that someone lost their spouse mm -hmm. or their parent um, or their child. Like I, I just think that there are people who do kind of slide through life with more positivity. Like, I'm a depressed person, so I see things more realistically. I don't think that's always a positive. I think that actually gets in my way more. Three weeks ago, someone that I worked with in his early 40s killed himself. He shot himself in the face on his friend's porch. He couldn't have had a better career. I'm so sorry. All I'm saying is the one defining characteristic I can say about him and that everyone at the memorial service was talking about was that he was so positive 
and such a good guy who always saw the bright side of everything. And I can tell you from working with him that he was a leader who wanted nothing but to brighten everyone's day. And he had no signs in terms of his positivity and his attitude and his energy level and his approach to life and how he dealt with people. In fact, he's someone you would single out as going, that is a happy, good guy who's doing what he loves and good at it. And you'd never know he was struggling underneath like that. Actually brightens everyone's day with his presence. Although I am going to say in this situation, again, I don't know your friend, but I do know my godfather killed himself and um, everyone loved him. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a writer the other day whose writing partner killed himself, Alan Kirshenbaum. And we were talking about that too. And I said, it seems like he had a lot of friends. And he said, yes, he did. And I do think in this particular circumstance where you're so correct that, yes, you don't always see how people are struggling inside. It's totally true. I relate that to what you're talking about. Where you're saying, well, I'm sure there are some people who are. And I'm just going to say, I'm sure there are some people who appear that way. But I've met people who, who, when they describe themselves, they describe themselves. There's people who don't take pride in it. Entertainers (laughs) wear it as a badge of pride. And it rightly so, because if we don't recognize that in the piece of art that we're looking at, we don't like it. If it doesn't, even in something that's supposed to be like My Little Pony, like happy and positive, they don't acknowledge or recognize that there is a world of shit or that there are people that are living in it, we don't respond to it. Well, My Little Pony is also a sign of gay pride. So, I mean, in there, there's more substance. On the Muppets, in anything, there's a sadness to the Muppets. Total sadness. That's why and I love we, it so much. And that's why we love it so much. I like the dystopia there. Right. Even if it's not in your face. And sometimes it's there and people are aware of it. They're just not reveling in it or they're not wallowing in it. But, Adam, you've probably, like, either dated or known people who are just... As if it had to be one or the other. If you dated them, you didn't know them. Sorry. But I just meant that, like, personality-wise, I could see you dating someone who's very thoughtful and, like, even-keeled. Very even-keeled. And they may not have, and clearly I'm giving you a menage a trois, which is also nice. They. um, I'm open to it. (laughs) My larger point is, like, okay, what I was trying to say is that I I know people who who genuinely are happy in their own skin, and they really don't have that level of self-awareness. Um, to look inwards and look negatively at things. I, I just don't think so we're all unhappy in the same You're thing. calling them stupid, though. No, I'm not saying they're stupid. They're You're not? Really You're saying if they have a lack of self-awareness, then maybe they're happy. I think that the self-awareness can also be... A, it, there's a very fine line between self-awareness and a sort of self-indulgent mental masturbation that can be quite self-destructive. So I, I don't mean it in a patronizing way, um, but they don't... Spend time analyzing themselves in, in that. I'm way. guilty of all of that. Of, of not analyzing yourself. And the um, the overanalyzing. Certain things yes. I ignore and certain things I'm obsessing over. Yes. That's what I like about the therapy is I feel like I have a handle on how I'm feeling and what's going on. But then she'll ask me questions I can't answer. And they're very simple. Like what? <laughs> mostly it's about my parents she'd be like well, how did they get along in terms of this what was their response to that sort of thing and I'll have no idea how would it make this person feel and I'll just freeze I have no idea and it's a real simple question but I won't have the answer then not having the answer feels like a problem to me all I was going to say is that I think there are people who go through life much more happy they compartmentalize and um, they don't get in their own way they don't self-sabotage to the same degree as I do Sure. That's all I was going to say. Self-sabotage. 
That sounds awful. Do you ever do that in work? No. Uh-huh. You do? Yeah. What are the kinds of things that you do that you feel like are self-sabotage in work? I've found that living in fear of something is always worse than that fear coming true. And I think your body knows that and will cause that thing to happen because it cannot handle living in fear of it. And to me, it's like a drawn out Tourette's. Yes. But that is in fact what it is. Yes. And I do do that. I'll blow something or yeah. a situation or fail at it because living in fear of it was just too much. I feel like that's been my whole life. Like every time I get closer to a potential writing job or something like that. Yeah. I, I mess up in some small capacity. In the audition process, that's even a different bit. You're like, how, how does that present itself? Like you just come in. Well, I'd rather the idea of bombing this audition is such a nightmare to me that I will just do it to do it so that I don't have to live in fear of. But that's healthy. That's no, a totally constructive. There's nothing healthy about that. Totally constructive to do a good job so that you don't screw it up. No, it's the opposite. I'll do a bad job just oh. so I don't have to deal with, not intentionally, Never but I know mind. that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I am too. Where is, okay. So is that fear of failure or fear of success? I can never, people will be like, oh, you're a perfectionist. That's why you do those things. And I can't tell if it's my fear of failure or fear of, I think for me, it's a fear of success. I think I have a fear of success. Do you feel like you have a fear of failure? Because you've always succeeded. No, I haven't always succeeded. I certainly have a fear of failure. I think in my modest opinion, you definitely have a fear of success. Yeah. Because there's all this stuff that you say you won't or don't want to talk about that is inevitable. Yes. Well, I just haven't learned how to. Like I haven't, I, I mean, I see it in my writing. My writing. You don't know how you feel about it. Yeah. Like maybe You got to figure that shit out real fast. Yes. And so when I don't know, I just freeze. So like that's true. Like my stand, like I stopped doing stand up, and I just stopped because I like it has to be so much better than it is, and for whatever was like holding me back from that. Yeah, no. And the best way to get better at it is to just stop completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you would be more fear of failure because I think you succeeded everything. Does your shirt say "Obey" on it? Yeah. Who is it by that it says "Obey" as a label? It's a shepherd fairy thing. Okay, that is embarrassing. Really? I just feel like his work is so derivative. I think it's an awesome sweater. It keeps me warm. How much does that sweater cost? It's really cheap. I got it that way. I hope you donated that same amount of money to the Barack Obama campaign. I, more than that, I think. You did, which yeah, is great. I did. I won't tell you who I voted for, <laughs> but I did, I did donate a lot of money, and I made a lot of phone calls. I'm really happy that you did that. Oh, I, I love the phone banking. What's so great about volunteering in any kind of political campaign is just the opposite of trying to break into anything. Yes. Where there's all this resistance and this, we don't need you, we don't need you. You volunteer to any political campaign with zero experience. And if you're serious about it, by the end of the week, you'll be a precinct leader. By the end of the month, you'll be in charge of your county. In six months, you'll be assisting the campaign manager. And you make so many new friends. Like when I was calling people, I felt like I had made all these new friends. Didn't make a single friend. I didn't make a single friend. See and how you professionally developed in that scenario? And I was like, and I you met someone this to snuggle with. Birthday, she didn't hang up on me. I think we're going to hang out soon. <laughs> you should follow up. <laughs> no, everyone I called had already been reached, which is genuinely, generally how it is. I know. Everyone but... you call has been reached so many times, they're so sick of it. Well, also, because like, if they're going to respond and not hang up, it's probably because they're already a nice person and so they're, they're just like trying to be nice and be like hey I already know about this I mean that's how I feel when I get approached in the street in New York all the time by kids being like 
can you donate to this cause? Can you sign this? Can you do that? And I end up coming up like such a jerk because I'm like, no, I'm anti-whales. I'm anti-children. I'm pro-poverty. Like, just because you say no, but you're taking the time to say no because you really do care about the cause and you want them to keep going. But you have already been reached. Mm-hmm. I wonder what semicolons are like or periods. I should use those in my sentences more. When speaking, you should say them like Victor Borg. <laughs> say them out? Yeah. Wait, so you do, you find time to volunteer. Do you go on vacation also? Question mark. Do you go on vacation? Question mark. Question mark. We're saying all our. Okay. Do you go on vacation? No, I don't. I don't do that. Do you, do you, because I haven't gone on a vacation since 2001. Yeah, I don't. I don't really do that. How come you don't? Because I'm bad at scheduling things for me. I'm better at scheduling them for other people or for projects. I'm bad at uh, my own thing. But does your girlfriend just say, like, we're going on vacation now? Or does your family say, we're going on vacation now? Um, no. Okay. Seems odd. Yeah, no. Because I don't take vacation. I don't take holidays. I don't know. Like, every day is a work day. There was, when I was shooting Men at Work and then my music... There was a couple months there when I was doing it. was seven days a week. We'd do the sitcom from Monday to Friday, and then we do all day Saturday, Sunday for my music. And for those months, it got a little intense. Yes. Um, a buddy of mine made me book a trip to New York. He said, when that season's... Because they both ended like around the same weekend. When yeah. that's done, he's like, you have to go away and do something. Like You won't be able to keep working if you don't go rest yes. after that. So I booked a trip to New York, where I'm from. And it just really quickly became, oh, it's July 4th. We have this album of baseball songs we did with Dan Byrne. We should go play at the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown in New York on July 4th. And then we'll book that gig. And just turned into a tour, into a bunch of work things really quickly. And it was fun. And it was good to get out. But it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't that thing you're supposed to do, which is like rest and enjoy nothing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I have a, I think because I, I feel like I haven't achieved what I wanted to yet in life. And so then I'm like, I just, I'm not ready for a vacation yet. Mm-hmm. Which I think is such a silly, ridiculous way. Because you can be, like for a long time, I wouldn't have a serious relationship. Because it's like, I'm just not where I need to be. And I really want to have kids. So therefore, I'm not going to be in a relationship because that may lead to kids if I haven't really achieved what I want. But like, that's just nonsense. Like it you, is. Can, you can have. It's total nonsense. <laughs> and it turns out one feeds the other. You can't live this emotionally and physically barren life and yes. they go, why do I have nothing to put into these projects I'm yes. working on? You need to actually fill up your mind and your heart and all that stuff and get with away. things and have something to write and talk about other than this career. Right. Right, 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 right. No, and the most I've grown is like going to Gaza and working with my brother's campers or going to Peru and Ecuador. And That's great. Um, are there any things that you still regret, like role-wise, that you really wanted that you didn't get that you still think about? There was a role in Avatar. <laughs> that one still sticks with you. Well, yes and no. It's interesting because Joel David Moore has come and done um, the sitcom that I'm working on and hearing about his life. I mean, that's his whole life is those movies. Like, he can't do very much else. How come? Because it takes up, like... Years? Years of your life just to shoot, let alone they own you for these long periods of time. Oh, wow. Of course. I, I mean, it would have been an amazing experience to do that film and to just be a part of that history. That would be great. And But that's still open to you. I mean, I think you're such a phenomenal actor in drama and comedy, and I know that we have agreed to disagree about the fact that you think... 
being yourself isn't skill in itself and it is but i feel like as an actor no i think it's a skill i know you, you do <laughs> because i possess it. you don't i think that's <laughs> I a skill down, it's not that I it's not a, it's skill. a skill i do think it's a skill but i there are so few actors who are really good actors there really is a short list of those people there are a lot of people who act and get paid for it who aren't necessarily good actors and you're a really brilliant actor and so i think that that road is still wide open for you because as you said like beauty is not as big an issue for you you can get old you can get um fat you can do whatever and you're still going to be up for roles yeah, i'm looking forward to getting fat That'll i can fun. i can get sympathy weight i'm, I'm on my way to help you that but I, I meant that 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 does not feel that world still feels quite open to you doesn't it yeah i mean i'm not gonna play treplef no. i'm not gonna play hamlet you know what i wanted to ask Oh, wait, so does that bother you? The, 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 I was talking to a friend today about that, that you know, you're no longer going to play those young rules. Does that upset you? Well, so I never got, I never got to. Do you regret that? I don't regret it. I tried. They didn't want me to, but I wanted to play. But you also Trap got Life to be, Hamlet. you did want to play those. But I can still do, um, you know, there's a lot of things I can still do. You can be Hamlet's dad and get knocked out in the first, you're not even in a scene. You're just in a forward. I want to do Caroline or Change, but not as a musical. As a straight play. <laughs> but you were a child actor. I mean, I feel like you've had such a rare and special life in other ways that most people didn't have. Yeah. I did want to ask also, the person you auditioned against who got the role in that very first conversations with my father. Mm-hmm. Who got the role? David Krumholtz. Okay, and so what else has he been in since then? A very Harold and Kumar Christmas. That's the only thing? No, he's been in a lot. I tried to pick the worst thing I could think of. <laughs> he's a phenomenal actor with an amazing career. And he's one of the more talented, funnier people working. But doesn't that feel somewhat about, like, I always This feel- is the part I now want to cut out. <laughs> Finally, I want to cut something out. And it's this whole train right here from conversations <laughs> with my father on. I don't want to talk about any of this. Does it feel validating to know that you lost a role to someone who's really talented? That feels more validating to me when someone compares me to comedians, particularly female comedians who've made it or writers who've made it, or I I get compared a lot to Oprah and she got something that I would like. No, I mean, in in all sincerity, I feel better when I lose out on something to someone who's really good versus someone who, that could have been me. I've found ways to look at both of them in a miserable light. Okay, so that's just honest. You're just being honest. Yeah. I mean, if they're, it's because they're so talented, then it's a, well, now we know for sure that they are more talented than I am and that I have a lot of work to do and that it's, we know for a fact it's because I'm not good enough. Or it can just be someone who's prettier than you and you can go, oh, well, you know, they're prettier than me. Nothing I can do. But that could be work too because maybe I can exercise or not eat dessert twice a day or whatever. See, I know that's not an option available to me, (laughs) so I don't feel bad about that stuff. Um, I think you're a brilliant, brilliant actor and a decent musician and a really wonderful guest. Wait, that was the wrong order. I think you're a really brilliant actor, a phenomenal musician. What I appreciate is the honesty. And a mediocre guest. There it is. Very good. I'm That's really, accurate. I'm really excited to have you on the show, and I want to tell people to check out Common Rotation um, and come and see you at a show. Thank you, Adam Bush. 
that concludes this episode of the Employee of the Month show. Thank you to all of you for listening. Thank you to Brian Fountain, Ian Mazoff, the WGA, UCB, Six Point Harness. Please do donate. Please go on vacation for me. I will live vicariously. You can send me your photos. And do not miss our September 18th live taping at the Bell House in Brooklyn. You can get tickets at employeeofthemonthshow.com. They are on sale. I would get them before it sells out. And you can also go there and donate and check out how to subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much. Did I mention vacation? If you don't want me to live vicariously through it, you can also invite me on it. Enjoy. Enjoy.